right on, Bears fans. Another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast is here, and we've got so much going on. Apparently, the Chicago Bears are dropping a CVS receipt as their injury report this week. How's that going to affect the game? A lot of limited. A couple of guys were full, which was good to see, but uh, still some question marks on that. Also, got to get into how do we get Darnell Mooney going. We got to get Darnell Mooney going. Uh, heading into this Vikings game, I think it's going to be crucial for the Bears coming into this. Want to get Courtney's thoughts on that. Are the Bears buyers or sellers? The deadline's almost here. <laughs> the season is flying by. We've got two weeks until the trade deadline. So want to talk about that as well and best matchups to see. All that and more on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Leave a five-star review. You know what to do. Courtney. How are you? I'm good. I'm in the closet again here at Hallis Hall because there's not a lot of places to film. So if it sounds echoey, if it sounds weird, this white backdrop looks like, <laughs> you know, looks like I'm, I'm, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, I'm going to keep it at that. So like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a rainy day up here. They're practicing yeah. outside today because I guess we're not supposed to have great weather for the game this weekend. So good chance that they will be dealing with inclement conditions. So they're outside right now. And you're right, like there's a lot of injuries that we have to monitor and seeing how much guys were doing during individual drills uh, in colder conditions and wet conditions. It's a good indicator for how guys are going to be listed and classified today, considering how long that injury report was on Wednesday. <laughs> we literally can break this thing down. We do want to let you guys know that the, uh, today's pod is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. Make sure to get out there and check out the latest shows that they have going on there. I heard that John Mulaney and Pete Davidson were elite. So stay in tune with that as well. Uh, let's, I, I mean, we literally could break this down into three different sections, which is my favorite <laughs> part about this, right? Like there's so many guys on, on every level of this. Uh, let's start with our DNP guys, right? Herbert Homer. I assume that they're kind of in the same spot here. Lucas Patrick and Roshan Johnson, though, were concussion guys. What's the latest update that we have on them? They still in the protocol. Yeah. So the four that you just mentioned, none of them have practiced when we were out there on Wednesday, didn't see him Thursday, did not see him. So that means that the two that are in the concussion protocol, Roshan Johnson and Lucas Patrick, are still there. Yeah. And to, you know that there's multiple steps that you have to get cleared by the NFL and their protocols to get back onto the field. Right. So that affects things a number of different ways. We know they're really thin at the running back position. That's just why they signed Darrington Evans um, off of Miami's practice squad. Don't know how much run he'll get this week. In, in theory, he'll be up just because you can't play that numbers game yeah. um, when you don't have many numbers to play. But it's good for Deontay Foreman. He's, you know, they're expecting him to be the leading rusher this week in the absence, obviously, of Herbert with the foot injury, foot ankle, whichever they're going to classify it as, and then with uh, Roshan Johnson. But when it comes to Lucas Patrick, that could potentially really affect the the amount of run that Tevin Jenkins is going to get because yeah. Cody Whitehair then bumps back into center for um, a second straight game. And I talked with Luke Getzey about it today, just like, did you have a plan? Um, of course, they had a plan, but like that ramp up period for Tevin Jenkins coming off of IR, because Matt Eberflus said Wednesday that they anticipated still rotating. But if you don't have a guy to rotate with because yeah. that guy's playing center in the absence of Lucas Patrick, then you're in a situation where Tevin Jenkins probably will be playing um, more than maybe they had anticipated easing him back in. But I don't know. I think in 37 snaps or whatever you saw from him against Washington a week ago today, he looked pretty good in knocking that rust off. But 
Yeah, they're really banged up right now, especially on offense. Um, there's a couple hamstring injuries to monitor too. I mean, Cole, I'm looking at the injury report oh, yeah. from yesterday because you have like it, it, there's so many that like it it requires like actually rem- looking at it to remember it. You know, Cole Komet had a hamstring injury and he's limited. We know that with their production within the receiving core, like DJ Moore was fantastic. Darno Mooney was not against yeah. Washington. So if Komet's not at a hundred percent, where do those other, other targets go depending on how he's able to play, how he feels, so on and so forth. And I know we'll talk about Mooney here in a little bit, but that's something to keep an eye on because a lot of these injuries end up affecting other positions and the utilization of those players in the game. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who can step up in those moments. I, I Deontay Foreman, right? J-Mac had talked about it. He'd been, you know, somewhat distant. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. basically inactive. So I'm here, but like you brought me here to basically not be here, uh, which I mean, listen, at, at this point, what are we doing with Velas? Like that's, that's all I keep asking myself is like, they're kicking it over his head and he's a gunner. Like he's not mm-hmm. a gunner. Like he's never been, what are we doing here? That's a whole nother discussion there. But uh, you start to look at that, that list of guys who aren't going to be there. And you start to wonder who are going to be those guys that are going to step up. Have we seen anything in practice? Really? I know you guys don't get to see a ton, but of uh, Deontay Foreman, has he looked has there been, has he assimilated himself back in with the team yeah. pretty pretty easily? I think so. And, I mean, he's been around. It's not like this is somebody who was injured and hasn't practiced. He just right. was active for one game. The numbers for that week allowed them to have three running backs up against Green Bay, and then he's been inactive ever since. So, you know, it, people are wondering, okay, well, why is he on this roster? Is that another blemish on the front office for bringing him in? Sometimes the number game works out to where they needed more receivers up because of special teams contributions and responsibilities that those players were required for weeks two through five, which is then why they had less running backs up. But yeah. now you know that, you know, if Travis Homer's not out there, and again, you know, yesterday he was DNP, today he wasn't out there, probably not out there for the game with that hamstring injury that he's dealing with. So you'll probably carry three on that game day roster. And assuming that Roshan Johnson can't pass through the protocol and then practice, that would probably end up being, I mean, they're thin. So that's uh, Kari Blasen game. Obviously, the fullback will be yep. up. Um then you have, you know, Darrington Evans, who they just signed, which again, like how much of a load are you going to give him? Like that's a pretty heavy load on Deontay Foreman, who's been here since the spring, who knows the offense, who at points throughout training camp was taking first team reps. Like you have a seasoned veteran back in there yeah. who can carry a big load on this offense should they choose uh, to lean heavy on their running game. But right now, I mean, even like it's funny because like, even though Chase Claypool didn't do anything when he was here, like he really didn't like in 19, 18 catches, 191 yards, one touchdown, you <laughs> take <wins>. it, <laughs> you take him out of the mix and yeah. then you see, okay, it's like DJ Moore, and then everybody else at the receiver position. Um, I just feel like it almost like creates um, a bigger spotlight on that group, not having somebody who wasn't performing because there have been moments where Mooney was able to kind of quietly get 50 yards a game. And of course he had that touchdown against green Bay, but everybody else, I mean, now that the injuries are starting to, you know, matriculate a little bit, like that's going to put some pressure on some other units and players who we might not have seen um, in bigger roles just yet. We got a ton of DNPs. Let's look at some of the guys who are limited right now. Get an update on them. Uh, Kyler Gordon, I think, is the most interesting one. Him and uh, 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 Cole Komet, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, Terrell Smith, 
all limited guys right now. I basically just named our DB room. Yeah, the entire room. <laughs> you know, uh, where, are we, where are we moving as far as uh, the, the injury? Let's start with Kyler Gordon with the hand injury. Yeah. Is he going to be back on Sunday? Is it trending that way? Or is this kind of, we got 21 days, we're going to use our 21 days? I, I have a feeling he'll be back. I mean, I know that he was limited on the report yesterday, his first practice since being designated to return from injured reserve. They certainly need him. Like That yeah. defense can run more efficiently. And it's nothing against Greg Stroman. It's just that like this is somebody you brought in to play an incredibly complex position. And it allows you to do more, I think. I mean, we're starting to see them blitz a lot more a lot, I mean, more with their cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you might be able to utilize. Now, he did get hurt on that blitz against Green Bay. I don't think that would preclude them from, like, dialing things up uh, potentially, you know, if they do want to bring more pressure, not even if that pressure gets home, just to, you know, bring more guys to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Like, that's a big one. And him being limited now, like what Matty Berflus said that he needs to see from Kyler Gordon is really just at the conditioning. He didn't honestly yeah. mention much about the hand. He's not wearing a cast. There's no real, um, you know, like impediment there. I think it's more just, you know, how long can he last in a game? How many reps are they going to try to put him on a pitch count? All of those things. Because if he's playing, he's going to be playing a lot, I would imagine. Yeah. But that's one to keep an eye on. I think with Jalen Johnson – and Eddie Jackson, at least the way that Jalen talked about it on Wednesday, that he's anticipating being back in the mix, ready to go. And, you know, Eddie Jackson's one, I know that he has not played since week two, and it is the same foot that he broke, uh, you know, had the Liz Frank fracture in back in uh, November last year. Yeah. I think the risk of re-injury is certainly one that you'd have to, like, consider in all of this, but... During individuals, none of them look limited at all. Like, I know they're limited in practice, and that's what it read on the injury report, and we'll see on Thursday um, how that how that's classified, too. But from what we were able to see, they were, like, you know, watching both of those, you know, both Johnson and Jackson, both of them did not look like they were being held up by their respective injuries, at least during the portion that we're out there for. Right. And then, surprisingly enough, everybody, I know, hold your breath, we got a full Doug Kramer's a full go at uh, Wednesday's practice. Is Doug Kramer going to get some snaps in here? Listen, I love Cody. I, I, I want him to, you know, continue to have success with the, mm -hmm. he can't snap and shotgun. If Justin Fields wasn't such a good baseball player and wasn't six, three, we have two fumbles that fly over his head. He cannot snap and shotgun. He's not good at it. Doug Kramer, the biggest issue that I remember seeing with him, at least in his time here, and it seems like the Bears like him because they keep bringing him back, is that he's only a center. They want that yeah. versatility on the offensive line. But we need a center right now. Is Doug Kramer going to get any run with this team on Sunday's game? So that's another thing you have to consider. Like if they activate him off injured reserve, who do they then, you know, who do they release? release? Yeah. Because there's there's got to be a spot created for him on the roster. So we'll see. I know that. You know, they have Dan Feeney as a backup center to Jatari Carter as guard depth. Yeah. Um, at least in terms of their depth situation, it's not bad on the offensive line. I know right. in other weeks where it's been like, you know, who's going to be playing <laughs> If he here, goes down, you know, Cole's playing center. <laughs> yeah, like where you have your, like, you know, the guessing game of, all right, yeah. well, if this happens, who's next in line? Yeah. Right now they're not facing that situation. In a week two when Jatari Carter ended up playing right guard uh, at uh, Tampa Bay because Nate Davis had the personal situation he was gone for, it was like, oh, my gosh, their depth is so thin. 
Um, but right now it feels like there things are trending in the right direction with Kramer because he was a full participant. So that's a good sign when you're coming right. off of injured reserve. He got hurt early in camp um, to be able to be designated to return. Like they wouldn't designate him if they didn't think he was close for obvious reasons. Cause then if they had to like put him back, like then that was kind of a pointless thing just to bring him back to practice. And then you'd have to like end up going on season ending. I believe so how they go about those number, then playing the numbers game though, and who they would end up cutting to make room for Doug Kramer, your guess is as good as mine. I doubt it would be anybody on the active uh, or anybody on among the offensive line, but it's like, which positions then are you comfortable poaching? Um, And who knows? I know you mentioned Velas before, and I know a couple weeks ago we talked about this, that like he's kind of on notice here and nothing that he's done wrong this season. It's just a matter of like, what role can you play in this offense um, that warrants a roster spot? So we'll see. I mean, that's somebody who if they did make a move and he was the corresponding move to that, I would not be terribly surprised just because you just haven't seen any of that stuff with him offensively come to fruition. And on special teams, you're right. Like on kickoff, he's not, teams aren't really testing him. So I think those are things that they have to consider when they decide who's going to be up and who's not going to be up and then who might, you know, be coming off IR and where those roster spots go. And I know people are thinking, right, like, well, well, they're not kicking to him because of how dangerous he is when he gets the ball. They're not kicking to anybody. I saw saw Dallas run back a kickoff, and it threw me off. I was like, I haven't (laughs) seen that all season. Like, I forgot that we could even do that on the kickoff. So, um, I'm, Valus is interested. Richard Hightower just loves him, right? Like, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. it's gotta be that. Like, I can't figure out, like, all of a sudden he's a gunner now on the other side. I'm like, what? what's going on here? They're what trying to find a role. I mean, they're trying to find a role for him. He's a third-round pick. Like, they kind of have to. We've said that, like, time and again, that picks yeah. who are higher up. And, look, they, they had no issue. I mean, I'm sure it was not exactly an easy decision, but when they released Chase Claypool last week, they had no issue doing it because – they had to. It was harming the football team. Bayless isn't harming your football team. No. He's just taking a roster spot right now. Like, who else? I mean, we they haven't had that issue before yeah. up until this point where it's like, oh, man, we really need a roster spot. Like, who are they going to go after? Like, he wasn't costing anybody yeah. or preventing opportunity by being on the 53-man roster and then on the game day roster. But, you know, again, when you have guys who are now going to be eligible to return from injured reserve – you might be looking at, um, you know, potentially one of those players. But remember, too, the trade deadline's coming up. And yeah. you mentioned it earlier. That could be somebody, too, who when you talk about the fresh start element versus the veteran we're not going to pay potentially element, yeah, yeah, yeah. Velas would fall into that former category. This is true. I, the one thing that I do love about coaches is they believe they can fix anybody. <laughs> and if they don't believe they can fix you, like it's over, but like they yeah. believe they can fix anybody. So maybe there is a, a, a trade opportunity or something to keep them alive. But I would like to see these guys get back to me. Even Doug, the fact that Doug Kramer and I get like, he, you don't want him there because he doesn't have the same versatility. But he's a real center. We keep putting guards at center. Lucas Patrick was a guard. Cody Whitehair was a guard. Like these guys weren't centers. We just said slide over and snap footballs. We're going to teach you how to do this, right? Like Lucas Patrick played center a little bit with the Packers, but I, mm-hmm. I just I, I really believe that if you get somebody in there who can who it's what they do. Like this guy, his whole life has done this. He snaps footballs. It it'll be a little bit better now. Of course, the blocking scheme, the chemistry, all that does still play into it, but. 
I don't know, man. I'm, I'm scared of Cody Whitehair snapping a football every week. It terrifies me. <laughs> and, and you've got to wonder, too, like if when Lucas Patrick comes out of concussion protocol, what's the decision there? Do they yeah. end up putting him back at center? Do they realize that they've seen enough with Cody Whitehair? Like, you got to justify where you're going to be playing Cody Whitehair at a certain yeah. point. And, you know, he was the starting center until he goes down with that hand injury after Tevin Jenkins went down with his calf injury. And then yeah. it created this whole domino effect. So maybe they want to see a little bit more of a sample size from him. I know that he had to slide over last week when it wasn't part of the plan for that to happen. He was supposed right. to just be rotating at left guard to get Tevin Jenkins' legs back under him. But we'll see how they handle it now because the necessity that they have, if they don't have another center to play, would be Cody Whitehair has to play center. I know. It, it, it gets tough out here. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, here's the one thing, though. I do want to see this Bears team start to get going with it's Darnell Mooney. Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney's been um, non-existent for the most part. And I, yeah. I, I honestly, when I looked at when I've looked at the All Twenty Two and and looked at his tape, right? Of course, last week we talk about the overthrow in the end zone that Justin had in the, in the first play, where Darnell Mooney just stopped running inexplicably for some reason. Darnell feels like a numbers game to me, right? I'm giving this guy ten targets. Darnell's not getting. 10 targets. So you got to take advantage of the targets that you do get. How yeah, I'm pulling up the stats right now. How did the bears get Darnell Mooney going? Uh, I mean, I, I think this week is, is one of the more important weeks to get this started because you're going to be playing a DB room that you should be able to attack. Yeah, no, they should. And it's, you know, the logical thing is, DJ Moore had a great game. How yes. are teams going to adjust to him? And what, what, D, what uh, DJ told us yesterday, he wasn't really sure because, like, defenses, you know, of course, everybody can, like, you can roll coverages to a certain side when a player's there. It's what the Bears are going to not have to do as much of because Justin Jefferson isn't playing. So, right. like, on the flip side of that, like, I'm trying to find uh, Fields' quote, like, direct quote because I asked him, I was like, what do you anticipate? Because, like, you saw so much single high against Washington. Yeah. You can't possibly think that, like, and yeah, I know, like, if, if you want to keep, you know, an extra player down in the box, and we know Harrison Smith plays in the box a lot yeah. for Minnesota, like, to stop the run, that's, that's a choice you have to make as a defense, and Brian Flores' defense gets after guys. They pressure yeah. a ton. It's something the Bears expect, but what Field says, like, what he said yesterday, he said he didn't see them changing who they are now because of the week that the Viking, that the Bears had the week before, Um Cloud coverage will be there for sure. Some more help over the top with yeah. um, with DJ Moore. But like, what does that mean? It means that Mooney's going to be the one singled up more than likely in certain instances, and that really should, you know, provide him some opportunities to get going. Because you look at his stat line right now. I mean, the four targets a game the last couple games against Washington, no catches, nothing. Um, four catches for fifty-one yards on four targets. He like he had a good game against Denver, yeah. but then nothing against uh, Tampa Bay, like literally nothing, not targeting. He was just out there. Um, And then the one target that came his way in Kansas city, everybody had a bad game in Kansas city. Like this is probably a slower start than even he had imagined. And you cannot have a one dimensional passing game. It just cannot exist because eventually teams will take like good, better defenses will take those players away. And you know, the Raiders have a young secondary um, outside of, you know, Marcus Peters. The Vikings have a secondary that, you know, has not really been able to adjust to top wideouts that they face. And, of course, you know, Philly, they had to cover a lot of different guys. But even, 
you know, even the last couple of weeks, they really haven't shown the ability to to do that on a consistent basis. Like the Vi- the Bears give them an opportunity now with like one guy who's really prolific, who has the yards after the catch, who's become right. the security blanket for his quarterback. Like if you take him away right now with the way that Mooney's been playing, like they don't have a shot moving the ball downfield. So how they adjust based on the looks that they get for DJ Moore, I think that will tell you the story of what kind of day uh, Darnell Mooney has. And like I said, like, I mean, listen, 16 targets on the season isn't a ton for you to work with and showcase what you have going. I do really believe that it's a numbers game. And I think Darnell's in a perfect position, right? There's somebody else who's going to take the heat off of him all day. I think Darnell Mooney could have a huge day because if no matter what he does, they're not going to leave DJ. And that might just be like, it's not that Justin's not going to go to DJ. He's not going to force the ball to DJ at times, but it's going to be, well, that's just so open. And I, I know we haven't seen it in a little while because of where the offense have been, has been, but Darnell Mooney's a, a really, really good route runner. He's yeah. really good at creating separation, really good at getting away from people. It doesn't seem to me that this is a Justin Fields rapport with Darnell is off. Justin no. Fields is a healthy. This feels like a very similar situation to what the Vikings have where, guess what? If Justin Jefferson's out there, Jordan Addison's not going to see the football most of this game. Yeah, no, I I think you're right about that. Um, there's there's going to be more opportunity for Darnell Mooney this week because of, like, I mean, it's just the simple fact that DJ Moore had a terrific game. And yeah. it wasn't outside of, I mean, of course, at the corner of the end zone throw on his second touchdown. Like, it was a brilliant throw, brilliant catch. But, like, some of the other ones, that he, like, these were just, like, simple route concepts, and yeah. he can just beat you with his speed, and that's, Fine. If that if that's how you have to generate your offensive production to get stuff going, so you can then have like you know more passing lanes, more or less, like then do that. Like, but I don't I don't see a situation that Mooney like has a this is like some sort of stagnancy. He's the second yeah. receiver on this team. Like eventually, defenses will limit DJ more, even if it isn't like to like the degree where he goes from like two hundred thirty yards to fifty yeah. receiving yards. They're still going to throw added attention his way. And that should free up Mooney, whether he's coming out of the slot where we know he was really successful that 2021 year. And I mean, he played all over, but like, that's his bread and butter. That is where he does his most work. And yeah. so to, to watch him get those opportunities again, like those opportunities are going to be there and you can tell like he's, he's chomping at the bit for that to happen. Like he was not happy. And of course not, but like after that Washington game, the four targets and, yeah. you know, some of those were on him. Some of those were, you know, not on him. But, yeah. like, he's he's due for a big one here. And it kind of feels like it could happen this week. It was, I mean, the Washington game, to me, there were three targets that stood out the most. The first one, mm-hmm. he just stops running. Yeah. And Justin had. That, felt, I, like, that felt like a miscommunication yeah. between the two of them. I would run that play again. Like, if I'm Luke Getze, like, I start this game off with that exact same play and say, go get it done. Uh, the overthrow by Justin. And then the one in, in the left corner of the end zone where to me, I thought clear PI refs didn't throw the flag. Mm-hmm. Darnell doesn't come down with the football, still hit him in the chest. But I mean, like there's some guy pushing down on you. Like those are the three targets where you look at it and you go, Darnell has a very different day. Sure. If he can bring in two out of three of those, or even one out of three of those. And he's in a mm-hmm. situation where it's two touchdowns, right? All of them were touchdown opportunities. So you know who they're focusing on. So Hopefully we see him get himself going a little bit more. Let us know how you guys feel in the comments below. How do the Bears get Darnell Mooney going? I do want to bring this up, though. 
Okay. This is such a, it's like I said earlier, the season is flying by. We're mm-hmm. in week six, guys. Like, I know. This is, this is, I, I may, is it always like this or is it just because I'm actually working for like with the Bears and for the Bears in a sense? Or is well, it every year like this? Yeah, once you're in it, like, and you become used to the day-to-day grind of Wednesdays look like this, Thursdays are this, you know, day after game on Monday. Yeah, like, it goes quickly. But, like, this year, like, it really – or this season, the first four weeks, there was something every single day. It was just chaos. And then, you know, really first five weeks, going into the Washington game, we're wondering, like, are we talking about a coach change uh, or a firing last week if they lost? Like, there was – that stuff like makes everything feel like a blur, and then you get to week six, and it feels like whiplash. Like, what the hell just happened? Like, what did we, <laughs> what did we just witness the last couple of weeks where you blink and it's like, oh, you know, you're more than a quarter of the way through the season. You're literally almost at the halfway point yeah. of a 17 game schedule. Um, it, it goes fast and it's crazy. And so, I I've been thinking about that. I was like, all right, November trade. That's literally today's the 12th of October. That's three weeks away. And for a team right now, it's actually just pulling up some of the contracts that I want to talk about. Like for a team right now, that's in a pretty precarious situation. You have a great schedule that lines up to get this thing back on track. Chicago or um, Minnesota comes to town. Vegas comes to town. You then have Carolina coming to town in week 10. Um, You know, those could be three and I know we're doing this all on paper. Like, obviously, they have to do this first before we know if they're like a capable team of getting this back on track or if it right. was just a really bad Washington team that they faced. But those could be three wins, and you could potentially going into you know the deadlines the first of November. So that would be like these. It's really these next two games that matter yep. the most for that because if you're one, you know, two and four after this week, two, uh, three and four after um, after the Raiders game, then the you're Vegas going into that game, Chargers yeah. game, like, you know, at three and four, right before the deadline, are you sellers or are you buyers? But, like, that's why these – there's more than just, like, get the team on track for the, for the sake of wins and losses. It's front office decisions that come into play here about next year and what they're doing with their roster building yeah. um, in the short term and in the long term that Ryan Poles is going to have to make here based on how these next two games play out, more or less. There's so many one-year guys on this team, right? I think if this goes down the drain, you're going to have to talk about moving mm-hmm. some of these guys around. I mean, I know we just got them right, but to me, even a Yannick Ngakwe could possibly be on the list if you're one in six yeah. coming out of these next two it happened games. it happened to him in minnesota when i covered them in 2020 like they were one in five at the bye week yeah. and they traded him away to baltimore after going to get him and i mean yeah he's got a they can afford to keep him around yeah. um it's not like they have any sort of like constraints on that but like if you're thinking about future draft capital and moving him somewhere else and you know how you want to build this team going forward and whether he's shown you enough to warrant being part of this group next year then that's a decision that you that you might consider. But like, there's so many others here. And no, I'm not talking about trading Justin Fields. I know yeah. that like we live in such Atlanta's a Atlanta's calling. So annoying. Like we live in such a week to week league in the NFL where it's like, oh my God, like this isn't working out. Ryan Pace is down there. Like, go trade him. And like, of course, Desmond Ritter and all of that, like, was was factoring in. He wasn't having a great game. Oh, well, he goes and turns it around against yeah. the Houston Texans. So now Don't he's the answer. Past. Yeah, everything's fine. Um, but no, I mean, you're looking at some of these contracts right now and wondering, 
starting with the guys that they didn't pay this offseason. They paid their guy that they wanted to this offseason when they Cole had the Komet. chance to do everybody else. Cole Komet got the four-year, $50 million extension. Yep. What about Jalen Johnson? Um, what about Eddie Jackson? Seven years into this right now, like in his contract is pretty expensive. Like those are guys, those two that I just mentioned, Johnson and, and Jackson are guys that I know those names are being floated to teams right now to garner interest, to see mm-hmm. to see what the appetite is for veterans at you know, veteran defensive backs. Obviously, people want to know is Eddie healthy? Like the foot right now, we'll see if he plays this week. I feel like things are trending in that right direction. But no. if you're gonna trade for if you're a contender and you say, Okay, we need some safety depth, we maybe need a starting safety because of our own injury situation, you wanna check on the health of that guy to make sure that he is in a prime spot to actually help your team instead of potentially re-injuring or anything else. And I think the Bears have to ask themselves too, in this conversation about, you know, those two players specifically, you could probably even throw Mooney into this too. Are they part of what you want to build long term? Because right mm-hmm. now you don't have the answer on the quarterback. You really don't, but you've got to move forward with your roster planning beyond the 2023 season by projecting out can we move forward with Tyreek Stevenson? Terrell Smith and Kyler yeah. Gordon, and then move Jalen Johnson, get something for him now instead of letting him walk as a free agent. Um, you know, he, he what he's shown you so far in limited sample size, he's been hurt for a couple games. He's had a hamstring injury and still one career interception to his name. So I think that those things factor into, do you want to pay this player? Is he a good, not great player? Is he a player that you can replicate with either another draft pick or getting somebody else at another time. That's why those conversations are so important right now, because it's not just about like this year. If, if they're a team that's, you know, still got one win or two wins at most by the time the trade deadline, that's when they become sellers. When they become potential buyers is if these next couple games go to the point where they're, going to be on that in the hunt graphic yeah. uh for everybody's playoff uh you know, those digital everybody in the graphic is yeah. 500 yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh, you know i don't envy ryan poles in that situation because yeah. when it becomes the tough it's easy when you're sellers it's easy like you can move up like they did it last year like it was they were hard decisions but it was easy in the sense that you knew that it was the right decision for your blueprint of what you wanted to do to build here but um it won't be easy if they're like a three and four team, like, you know, or three and two and th- or two and four, I guess it would yeah, be. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think like, you know, the October 29th game is our last game uh, before they could the be deadline. Two and, they could, we're, what are we, one and four right now? They could be yeah. two and six. There's, uh, yeah, there's a lot that there. Game. Yeah, there's, there's, it, it could get ugly. Yeah. It, so, so I want to go back to something you said, though. So these are names that are being floated. So Ryan Poles is having these conversations. The Bears are currently having these conversations about the veteran guys. Maybe not saying we're looking to trade they're gauging, them. From the what I've been told, checking around the league right now, they're gauging interest on what the appetite is for those two players I mentioned specifically. Now, it's not necessarily Ryan Poles picking up the phone on every single one of these calls, but right. it's the front office doing its due diligence to set itself up for whether they're buyers or sellers at the deadline. Cause you know, it, it, all it takes is a couple more losses for them to say, all right, we have to make the decisions now for next year. And that would be 
veteran players who you don't envision for one reason or another, health, cost, age, all of those things being a part of what you want to build in 2024. So then where are we at right now? Because, I mean, realistically speaking, even if the Bears are winning, it doesn't seem like they have had this overwhelming desire to Mm -hmm. re-sign Jalen Johnson. I just, I I haven't seen, I think that even when Ryan talks about it, he's very careful in saying how he's treating the Jalen Johnson situation. Is that somebody that even if the Bears are winning, we could see the Bears move on from at the point in the contract where he's at right now? I think because you don't want to, like, if you know you're not going to re-sign him, if they know in their heart of hearts that, like, Terrell Smith, who's been playing you know, I know we gave up that touchdown yeah. uh, to Cortland Sutton against Denver, but like that's going to happen for rookies. Like you're going to be out of position on certain plays. Like veterans are out of position on certain plays. But <laughs> a lot of like, veterans on this. He had he had that forced fumble last week against Washington. Those are plays that they want to see. This guy was brought in as a fifth rounder, and had it not been for that injury that kept him out of the majority of training camp, like once they got into pads, yeah. that competition between him and Tyreek Stevenson probably becomes a lot bigger for the other outside corner spot, but they already know they're getting like to hearing from John Hoke today. So like we didn't, we don't hear, we don't have a defensive coordinator to hear from yeah, um, on Wednesday, on Thursdays, but like they started to bring Hoke down this week. So cornerbacks coach and passing game coordinator. So like when you hear him talk about Terrell Smith and like he expecting more from him, like that might hit, you know, give you a little bit of an indication into how they feel about giving him more playing time and more opportunities to create out of that playing time, which then would make them comfortable with their situation if they want to move on from Jalen Johnson. But you're yeah. right. Poles has been very guarded in the way, and, and smart. Like, no one is saying yeah, being yeah. guarded is a bad thing. Like, he's been very guarded in the way that he's talked about Jalen Johnson because you don't want to tip your hand into, you know, like, we love this player. We can't live without this player. Like, he's never going to make these, like, overarching statements about someone that they very clearly, with their draft decisions supporting that, very clearly have a path to moving on from him. Um, and right now, if I were to guess, like, if they become sellers at the deadline, I think that Jalen Johnson is probably the primary candidate of somebody that they move on from. And I think a lot of teams would be interested in him. I'm not even, you know, like uh, to me, I look at teams like the Steelers. Um, heck, may, I, don't, I don't know if the Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, um, Philly's always interested in the DBs, mm-hmm. but maybe the Chiefs even, right? Like teams that are kind of like, okay, we've got pieces in place. Sure. But we need somebody that we feel has more. And Jalen's, for the, as far as the interception numbers, he's never really going to get to show yeah. if he is that interception guy playing a soft cover two on a 42 nickel. I agree. So it's going to be pass breakups. I would rather have him here to break up passes, but you do pay guys who get those big takeaway numbers, and he's just not that guy. He's probably not going to be that guy in his defense, so I really kind of want to see you know what what that's all going to end up turning into. Eddie Jackson has the injury concern. Mm-hmm. Um if he cut, or is that kind of an expensive be, contract too? I mean, yeah, that's something that's, that, that's a big one. You know, that plays into it. I was actually I just had his numbers here a second ago, so we know that you know he's he's got a seventeen million dollar cap hit this year, and he's yeah. under contract um, for a couple. Oh, I can't this thing open for a couple more years. We know that, like at least beyond this season, like that again, prime candidate, somebody who becomes more expensive with time, like had. Had they not had the cap space and had they not had 
any other options yeah. like than keeping him as part of the fold like this past offseason, him and Cody Whitehair, like just guys who had who were really expensive, but the team had enough of a cushion where they could afford those salaries. And, you yeah. know, a lot of factors go into why you keep somebody around who's probably you're probably paying more than what you believe at least they're worth and what they bring their value that they bring to the table. So right. all of those things go into play. And I, I think Eddie he, has, by the way, you know, one more uh, 2024, yeah. $18 million cap yeah. hit. And then, you know, they'd have to resign him at 32 there. Yeah. So like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to that when, you know, you just, you dra- you've drafted safeties the last couple of years, but they've definitely placed a priority on that. Um, yeah. And that could be, you know, he's up there in age, like in terms of like, you know, where he's at in his career, like that, that to me is like almost like a no brainer yeah. that like it either happens now with the deadline or they end up, you know, finding cap relief through a player like that next year. No, a hundred percent. And uh, this year drafting, Emma, or is this last year? When was Elijah Hicks drafted? Didn't we draft he's 2020. He's a 22 draft. And then 22. Okay. Ken, yeah, yeah. Kendall Williamson, who Kendall Williamson you know, is on the practice the seventh, squad, yeah. who came from Stanford, seventh round pick. Like they keep, they do their due diligence in adding defensive backs to, to the room via the draft. And, you know, they, they've placed such a priority on trying to fix the secondary, which was in shambles when they yeah. got it into that after the 2021 season. And it still wasn't great. And we still haven't seen it at full strength this year. Now, could this be the weekend that it finally is back at full strength for the first time since week one? Yeah. If Kyler Gordon's ready to go, then that's Tyreek Stevenson. If Jalen Johnson's ready to go, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, potentially Eddie Jackson, and Jaquan Brisker, yeah, that's what you paid for. Like that's you know that's what you wanted to see. That's the group that you assembled initially, and you just have not, for injury reasons, been able to get that group. It would be a pretty nice sign to be able to see that come to fruition this week because you just you, you saw it for three quarters of that um, Green Bay game. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with all with Eddie and Jalen. I think that it is interesting that. You know, I mean, like it, it makes sense. It, logically, it makes sense, but there's always like the okay, but what is that going to do to your team if I remove these guys? And the Bears have said mm-hmm. they're not in the they're not in the market of tanking right now. They're trying to win football games, so and that's why it becomes such a hard thing because last yeah. year when they decided at the deadline to be buyers and sellers, it was it was all meant for this year. Yeah, you know, and but like I, you know, talking with people because guys are more willing, coaches and players, to you know reflect back on what those moves like. It, it really killed this locker room when they yeah. traded Roquan Smith away last year, and at that point, when you then have eight games beyond the trade deadline, like if you're losing, if you're a losing football team that's not like you know trying to not competitive, which they weren't. I mean, yes, there's some competitive games in there, but yeah, they lost yeah. all they, of them. They were getting killed. Um, that's a really hard thing to put guys through, and you know, to like to be able to gauge how much growth you have beyond that point if that were to happen again. With uh, possibly that DB room coming back as we head towards uh, this Vikings game on Sunday, what's the matchup that you're watching? There's no Jay Jettas out there. Uh, so it'd be if Jalen Johnson could play Jalen Johnson or Tyreek uh, Stevenson versus Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. I would assume is your number one KJ Osborne as well. What's the matchup that you're watching closest heading into this Vikings game? We know that TJ Hawkinson is a huge part of this offense for oh, Minnesota. Yeah. So how the Bears end up 
covering him. Like this could, this feels like it could be the TJ Hawkinson hundred plus receiving <laughs> yard day. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has got to be able to find that threat over the middle of the field, which Hawkinson has been for him. And, you know, not having Justin Jefferson is something that Kirk Cousins has not had to deal with all that often. So this yeah. is new territory, at least the last couple of years, because Justin, since he got there in 2020, has been, like Kirk talked about this, he's been healthy. Yeah. Um, he's played a lot of games. Like You don't get to 5,000 receiving yards in your first 50 games if you're not healthy and playing those games. So it's, I'm, 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 Having covered that team so closely for so long, I'm curious about the unknowns here and what yeah. we're going to see with the Vikings and how they adjust and compensate for the loss of Justin Jefferson. Because it's 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 a it's a it's a huge it's one. It's a major blow. Like it's a you know from that not even just for now. Like I had this conversation with Carmen and Yurko briefly yesterday. Uh, like, is this the last time we see Kirk Cousins? as the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. because That was going to be my next question. The next, the next time they play is the Monday after Thanksgiving. And I know Kirk didn't want to talk about, like, you know, waving his no-trade clause, like, you know, questions that had to be asked. But, of course, he's not going to be talking about a potential in-season trade. Yeah. But, like, he has to waive a no-trade clause in order for the Vikings to move him somewhere. And, you know, the deadline happens 26 days before the Bears face this team again. If the Vikings come out of this game at one and five, then that could very well change the dynamic of the NFC North if Kirk Cousins ends up getting dealt. Because you know who they have after the Bears? This is Kellen Mond? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about like who they have next, like, oh, schedule-wise. Oh, oh, oh. So Kellen Mond, I want to say, is on someone's practice squad somewhere. Last I checked, it was... Um, Oh, Nick Mullins went on injured reserve too. Their backup quarterback. I think Kellen Mond's yeah. on like Cleveland's practice squad or somewhere. But you are a hundred percent right. They the have um, San Francisco after yeah. Chicago, so that could <laughs> be pretty. if it's one and five, and then it's one and six, then like then you have to like cut bait here if you're Minnesota and 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 cut your losses now in order to set yourself up for 2024. Because at that point, you've got to pay Justin Jefferson. At that point, you've got to have a different quarterback in the room. And at that point, you're probably trying to get different assets in because on defense. Harrison, how many more years Harrison Smith going to keep playing? He's awesome. Bro. Like every time I look at look up, I'm like, he's still playing. This guy is going to like play like till he's like 50 out there. And then there's Daniel Hunter, who again they had to like restructure his contract to get him into training camp. And yeah. you know, the Bills coming due for this team, which is why I would be willing to say if we're talking about who this win means more for, I think it means more for Minnesota because this could be the trigger for them, um, like to start them offloading and be going complete rebuild mode here at the less than halfway point of the season. And right now, I don't know if he's practiced today. I haven't seen the injury report yet or not. Jordan Addison uh, limited with an ankle injury mm-hmm. yesterday. So and we don't know not- how severe it is. Like, I don't remember him like injuring it during the game. And yeah. I think um, Kevin Seifert, who's my colleague up in um, up, covers the Vikings for ESPN's NFL Nation. I think he tweeted yesterday. I'm trying to find it right now. Like, how, I don't think it was as severe of an injury, um, or that it was like anything that like you know was you know pretty pretty bad. Hold him yeah. Out. So it doesn't. I'm trying to find it. Um, like, but like, of course, that's something that you have to like factor in here. To yeah, he said haven't heard any concern about Jordan Addison's ankle, but he was limited in practice today. Um, Caleb Evans, who's a cornerback, uh, you know, he, he missed the end of that Chiefs game because he had a knee injury, and he was, you know, on the injury report yesterday too. They're certainly not as banged up, like on the day-to-day injury report, because the yeah. biggest 
injury is currently on injured reserve with uh, Jefferson, but yeah, something to monitor for sure. Yeah, Addison, Davenport, and Evans all limited yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see kind of what, what that ends up being coming into Sunday's game. But, I mean, are we heading – I wanted to ask about, you know, the whole – basically what you brought up, the rebuild situation for the Vikings here because I feel like we talked about this in the offseason that, like, one, you you thought they would be better than I did. I thought they were going to be exactly what they are right now. I'm not surprised by what we're seeing. But why does – Jetta's come back. Why, 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 like he's gone on IR now, of course, right? At some point, he's going to have to come back. But are we heading toward a situation where they might have to give up this aggressive rebuild mindset and just say, he's not going to resign here? We know he's not going to resign here. Let's trade everybody away and see what we can get in season. Well, they picked up his fifth year option. So right. technically, he's still under contract. But, you know, it's he, he there, I think there's a reason that he didn't sign in the off season because he wasn't sure what the, like he wasn't in any hurry to do it. And he was, you know, that typically, if you want to reset the market, if you want to get your market value, you want to sign earlier, like sooner and yeah. shorter term deals. Now, you know, I don't, I don't see any situation where he doesn't have an, a contract of some sort going into next season, either that with the Vikings or somewhere else. But it could only help Minnesota if they lose this game and they end up moving on from Kirk Cousins. If there's a team that's needy enough, whether it's, I don't know, I always hear about the Jets. I don't know if they're good <laughs> enough, honestly, to like get, because Kirk has to waive his no trade yeah. clause. That makes it really tough. Like he has to okay the destination that he'd be going to. If that happens, then who are they eyeing? Because with the pieces that they have on offense, like, can you get through a season with a rookie quarterback next year? Are they going to even be in position to draft one of the top quarterbacks? Because I'm sure there's some teams that are going to make some business decisions here down the stretch. Um, When they see Caleb Williams, Drake may some of these other quarterbacks that are going to be going high up uh, in the first round, like their situation, I think is, it's, it was inevitable. Um, like they tried the cold. They kept trying to push it off. Yeah, they, their whole idea was like to be competitive outwardly, but behind the scenes, quietly be rebuilding. And that's why you saw the moves that they made in the off season when they got rid of Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, um, and they were trying to like fort, like you know, bring these other guys along that they had. Um, you know, they had been like behind the scenes, like yeah. positioning to have bigger roles in this team. But it's. Is certainly one that feels like you we because we've never seen this with Minnesota at least not since the Wolves have have owned the team since 05, where they've yeah. done let's pull the plug like start over because they yeah. just they're just not const- like the way that Chicago did it and of course we know Ryan Poles had the option to go to both of these teams um, he interviewed in Minnesota just as he did in Chicago and the way that he wanted to construct a rebuild. Fit, like you know Chicago fit that more than what he was you know in a he could do what he wanted here versus yeah. what they were asking general manager candidates to do in Minnesota no 100 percent I, I I'm I'm I would be shocked to see Justin Jefferson moved but I just I don't believe that he's gonna resign I he'll sign the paper but is he going to want to be there? Is he going to want to be with a rookie mm-hmm. uh, uh, QB? Is he like, I mean, they could trade for guys too. I mean, we hear about Kyler Murray potentially being a candidate. This is true. And then of course, like don't rule out, like who knows what's going to happen with Dallas and yeah. Dak. Like, 
Could he be on the move? I don't know. I mean, isn't it signing up for more Kirk Cousins? But um, that's, that's it's, a name, it's a name it's, to keep it's an Black eye Kirk on. Black Kirk Cousins. Like you're going to get Black Kirk Cousins. That's <laughs> all you're doing there in that situation. Hey, man, so much coming with the NFL. I love this time of year because it's just like the NFL trade line used to just be nothing the entire time. Maybe you'd see mm-hmm. like a running back moved or something like that. And now it's just like, there's nothing. There's nothing. Madness. Everyone run. Get to the fire. Put that one out. Trade this guy. It's just like, you get on the other side and you're like, wait a minute. When the heck did TJ Hawkinson start playing for the Vikings? How'd I miss this? Interdivision so. trade. I mean, it's so rare that those happen. And like, how per, like, I wonder now, like, had De- clearly Detroit's just fine without him, but like yeah, for Minnesota to pull that, good. yeah, for Minnesota to pull that one off, yeah, um, you don't see those happening all that often, especially at the deadline. I, I don't think we're going to see any this season at all. Uh, I, I thought maybe you know maybe the Bears do a little something with with the Vikings, try and uh, go get Daniel Hunter or something like that, but I, I don't think with with where the pick is now. Mm-hmm. For uh, Carolina, I think that the Bears are going to be holding on to that pretty much until the day of uh, coming into next draft. But so much more to get to. Can't wait for this. Sunday is going to be a big game. We'll be breaking down the game tomorrow as well. Previewing what we have coming in uh, uh, from the Minnesota Vikings. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, and let us know how you guys feel in the comments below about everything we've talked today. Should the Bears be buyers or sellers? Big question on today's episode. As always, man, for Courtney Cronin, I'm Pat the Designer. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down. Peace.